Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Episode of the Review at Rob show. I am, of course, your host, Review at Rob, coming at you a little later this week. Um, on not on purpose, you know. <laughs> I recorded the show on time, and then the recording decided to say, "F you, we are not going to release and save and all that stuff." So, good old fun technical issues, but here, nonetheless, I take take I like to take you behind the scenes of what's going on, man. But it kind of ended up working out in a very spiritual way, if you will, a very universal way of having this happen because the show would have been released already, but now the show will be releasing on a special day, man. I just, by happenstance, and worked out that it's going to be releasing on the three-year anniversary of this show. Um, so there you go. Universe decided to step in and, you know, change the release date here for, for the show because I do normally release it on Tuesdays, but now it is releasing a day later, but ends up working out because it is going to be releasing on the three-year anniversary of this show. Holy crap, man. Um, I've been podcasting for a while. Um, started off doing it with with uh, podcasting with my brother, Tombstone Josh, the Disnoid show, fun time doing that stuff. And then, you know, I wanted to do a show of my own about movies and movie news and just nerd out and geek out about the stuff I love. And I started doing the show three years ago this day. First one was for uh, Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, I think is the full title of that. I don't know. But yeah, man. Um, God, those early episodes. I don't listen to my shows. I'm very Tom Cruise and Johnny Depp like that. I don't watch my... I don't know. Maybe does Tom Cruise watch his movies? Probably. I know Johnny Depp doesn't watch his movies. And I don't listen to my show after I record them. I release them and put them out there in the world. But yeah, those early episodes, man, those are rough. Because I didn't have the confidence of a solo podcaster. Yeah, I'm so used to being a team podcast. And, you know, going on the journey alone was definitely, you know... Interesting, to say the least. But I feel like as time's gone on, and you know, other people would say this about, are the ones who would say this about me. I can't tell, say that I'm great or I'm awesome or anything like that. It's very egotistical, right? But I feel like I've gotten a lot more comfortable and a lot more confident doing this show as the years have gone by. And now here I am, year three of the show, and just feeling so good and so passionate about this project now, and just so in love with doing the show. It, it's you know, it's still kind of the basic. Thing that it was when it started, you know, movie news and a movie review. But you know, now as time's gone on, I, you know, you know, I've added mandatory DC comic talk and DC film talk and uh, mandatory horror film talk because those are two of the things I love the most. You know, DC uh, comics and films and uh, the horror realm is my favorite genre of, of movie. So made those mandatory for every episode and just throwing some other bits of news in there. I'll talk video games. I'll talk WWE. Talking all kinds of stuff because again, I've gotten more comfortable with this show and I know who I am as a podcast and what I love and what I want the show to be is, uh, you know, me outpouring my love of nerdness about the things I, I enjoy. And that's uh, how the show started. And that's what it's always meant to be. And what it's always, you know, gone 
to be for me. You know, and now here we are, year three of this show. Uh, we're getting ready to celebrate a year of the Throw Me Podcast Network as well, which is awesome to think about. So, you know, going from, you know, this show now being a part of this network with, you know, people I'm you know, so happy to be, you know, beside and working with and on this journey within Throw Me Podcast Network. We're all here helping each other out and helping each other grow, man. And the Throw Me Podcast Network, you know, you can help us grow and support us as well by uh, following us on YouTube, subscribing there, liking some stuff, sharing the stuff. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We've got all kinds of fun stuff going on there. Uh, we've got Public if you want to buy, you know, merch of the shows, uh, be it shirts, stickers, mugs, laptop cases, whatever you're interested in. We've got Patreon with other goodie good stuff it shows and all that fun stuff's going on it was just it's just so cool to think about that man going from when the show started three years ago to where it is now and just being this fun thing that i love doing and you know it's been a weekly show you know i've tried to do my best to make it release every single week there of course you know i talk about mental health on the show from time to time and i myself am someone who you know has had the battles there with mental health. So I've maybe have missed a week or two in between, but you know, I've always kept the show pretty consistent and want to keep it consistent and love to do that. So, you know, technology jumped in, but it jumped in in a good way by making it now release on the actual three year anniversary. So that's really cool, man. Just if you've been here since the beginning of the show, maybe, you know, you can let me know how the show's gone and if it's gotten better or if I sound better or whatnot, you can let me know that or not. It's up to you, but I appreciate you, man. If you've been here through this whole journey since then to now, that's just amazing that you survived those early episodes. Cause whew, your boy was not comfortable, but, um, I, you know, if you're, even if you're, you're new to the show, I, I appreciate it, man. You know, the fact that the show reaches anybody and anybody takes the time to listen to me ramble on and, you know, get twisted around in the, the, the nerdness, the geekdom, all that stuff that I'm interested in, that I like to call it. Just amazing to me that you take that time, man. So I appreciate you all. Thank you for, you know, supporting the show. You know, just keep keep on you know, supporting. That's awesome, man, that you keep supporting the show. Share it with your friends, help it grow, because, you know, again, this is a huge passion project for me that I love doing every, each and every week. And couldn't, I can't even imagine not having the show a part of my life now, three years in, and just can't wait to see where we're going future-wise. Uh, even, you know, the, the interestingness of all this, uh, this being the three-year anniversary of the show and all that, I have three things to talk about, and I did not do that on purpose, but I have three things to, you know, kind of review here, and didn't do that on purpose, just the way, again, the world decides to work, so that's it's really cool and interesting how that works out, we'll just go ahead and jump into that, um, kind of not to rush through the episode, but again, last I recorded last night an hour of recording and just, uh, you know, disappeared on me, so... <laughs> that sucks. I'm trying to make sure nothing technical happens again here. Hopefully not. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into it. The first thing I want to talk about is Hogwarts Legacy, the video game where you can join the Wizarding World. And if you're like me, you, you've been a fan of the Wizarding World pretty much the majority of your life. You know, I mean, what, the first film came out, what, 2001? 20, over 20 years ago. I've been a fan of that, of the Wizarding World since, you know, saw the movies, read the books, you know, the, the freaking lands in uh, the Universal Park is where I love to be. Mandatory, I get a butterbeer every year when I'm at the Wizarding World, man. Uh, very happy Hufflepuff, all that stuff. Like, I just love the Wizarding World. It's a huge part of my life. So when this game was announced that it was coming, I've been anticipating this ever since. It just I was so excited. It's the main reason I got a PlayStation 5, to be honest with you, because I wanted the the best of the best when I was playing this game, because I wanted to experience the just absolute amazingness that I knew I was going to get into with this game. 
and then you finally got here and you get to create your own your own character and all this stuff which is perfect and you get to you get to live in the the wizarding world and you know and, and you know be able to walk through freaking hogwarts and you know walk through all this stuff and it's just so cool and amazing it's just it's just it's breathtaking to me because again i love the wizarding world it's such a huge part of my life and it's something i think about all the time and to now be able to experience it in this way is just such a breathtaking thing i haven't had uh, as much time as i would have hoped to have played the game so far since it's been released i i got the deluxe edition so i got three extra days to play it early and all that i've gotten some some gaming time in but um you know it just sometimes it's hard to get the time to game and but the times that i have been able to play this game is just living up to every you know surpassing my expectations like just being able like i don't even think i've left the castle like i don't think only time i've been outside of the castle is when i'm walking over to another part of the castle you know i haven't had been outside too often and that's just the i wouldn't want it any other way you know i i told myself when i got this game i'm not gonna rush through it with other games you know you want to get through the main mission as quickly as possible with this game i'm not rushing at all i'm walking through there as slowly as possible and they've got all these little side missions everything you can do as well which is really fun and you know i'm working on those and doing those but just taking it all in and just walking around in hogwarts and just doing what i wish i could have done in life you know we've all had that with whatever it is we're a fan of it be it the wizarding world or you know dc or marvel or star wars and all that stuff like i'm sure you know the people who get to do that star wars thing at disney i think it's called the galactic star cruiser or whatever um i'm sure they're living the dream and i would love to do that i would love for there to be like a hogwarts place i can go into and just walk through and i know you can go to the filming locations and that's on a bucket list for me to go to the actual filming locations to see this stuff but other than that and other than the theme parks this is the closest you're going to get with uh, you know the hogwarts legacy game of being able to you know, walk in Hogwarts Castle and live that life. And it's the closest you're going to get to be able to, you know, using the wand. You know, of course, you have the, the wand stuff you can do with the theme parks and all that stuff. But this is different, you know. And the wand is so awesome in the game. Being able to use it, it works so good. And the some of the duels I've, I've experienced so far have been amazing, amazingly awesome. And the classes are so cool. The Defense Against Dark Arts, I've done one of those classes so far. I've done a, a Charms class so far. So cool, so excited, loving every single aspect of this game. Like, it's everything I could have hoped for and more. Like, this is life, and it's so awesome to me to be able to do that, man. So Hogwarts Legacy, with just the moment of time I've spent into it, it's already one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. And so to some people, again, that's all I had to say with the show earlier when I was talking about it. This show's about me just expressing the things I love, and I'm absolutely loving this and experiencing that. And Can't wait to jump in there and play some more there. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about quickly here... Not the music person. I don't talk music too much on the show. I've done it before with like a Taylor Swift album, I believe. But, you know, sometimes I'll drop some stuff. Avenged Sevenfold will have an album coming out later this year, so I'll definitely be talking about that on the show. Um, Motley Crue is now on tour, so uh, John Five, my favorite guitar player, is with him. So, you know, I'll, I'll drop some stuff here and there every now and then. I don't review music too much. You know, I leave the music stuff to my brother, Tombstone Josh. Check out his show, The Metal Groove. Um... But Paramore released a new album since the last time we talked. Before we do that, Linkin Park dropped a previously unreleased song um, called Lost. And I don't know about you, if you're a Linkin Park fan or if you're a big fan of Chester Bennington like I was. His death definitely hit me 
and I know it hit a lot of people. So it's kind of really hard to listen to Linkin Park these days, especially with the the lyrical content of their songs and knowing what happened with Chester. Sadly, it, it's tough sometimes to listen to their music. Uh, but that new song, it definitely hits in the feels. It's uh, you know fits like a Linkin Park song. It's from the Meteora era, era. So check it out. It's a good song, but um, yeah, tough sometimes to listen to some Linkin Park. But over to Paramore, they released a new album a couple of years after the last album, After Laughter. Wow, said that three times fast. <laughs> and I like it. I really enjoyed it from the beginning, like starting it right away. I know they released some singles before the album came out. I never listened to them. Uh, for, I don't know for what reason. Didn't do it on purpose. Just never really got around to listening to them. But I, I like that fact because I got to go into this album fresh and just I've enjoyed it from start to finish. And it's it kind of a rare thing with albums because, you know, you, you get used to the songs and catch up to the lyrics and all that stuff. So sometimes playing an album for the first time you hear the songs first time, you got to you gotta get um, connected with it a little bit. You got to play it a couple times to get connected. But honestly, on that first playthrough, I was like, yeah, I was into it. I was vibing with it, you know, because Paramore's kind of changed their style. They're not really the the punky rock band that they were in the early years. They're more of the uh, kind of the synth poppy, some rock stuff in there now, kind of 80s vibe to them. But, uh, you know, and it was took a little bit to get used to their last album. Still liked it. But this new album I'm really enjoying. Right away, my favorite song on it is um, You First. It's my favorite song so far on the album. Probably going to be stay my favorite song on the album. But overall, solid album, man. So if you're looking for something to listen to, check out Paramore's album, This Is Why, out now. Now, next thing I want to talk about. Of course, you knew I was going to talk about this. And this will lead me into DC News. Uh, and I did a trailer reaction to the Flash trailers up on the Thoroughly Podcast Network's YouTube right now. It was a kind of an instant reaction, so it's obviously not the best. You know, the camera's not the best. Kind of in a dark room watching it. It's kind of cool, though. Can you see the effects of the TV going off behind me and all that? But again, I'm not a perfectionist. And if you've been with me since the beginning of the show until now, you know I'm not a perfectionist. I, you know, Zach gave me the awesome nickname of Common Man Podcaster a while ago. It fits. That's me. I'm not going to talk to you about anything like super behind the scenes or try to sound cool with my knowledge or anything like that. I'm just talking to you, man, talking about stuff I enjoy. So the least thing I'm ever worried about is being perfect. Don't care. Don't want to be it. Just do the thing. So um, you can check out that instant trailer reaction now on the Thoroughly Podcast Network's YouTube. Um, but I was definitely going to talk about it on the show as well. That trailer is absolutely in incredible like we've heard all this talk and i've talked about it on the show leading up that people are you know the movies testing throughout the roof the trailer is now the biggest most watched trailer of the super bowl of all time or something like that that i saw today i know it's the most watched thing of uh commercial wise of the super bowl or whatever but you know we've heard the movie is testing great james gunn has said it's one of the greatest movies if not the greatest comic book movies he's ever seen so it's it's doing amazing by all means with press and everything, and you know I was highly anticipating it. One DC, two the Flash is my favorite superhero. Love the Flash to death. Um, don't care what people think about this. I love Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is one of my favorite actors. I you know I understand that Ezra's done bad things while under the influence of drugs or in alcohol and all that. You know, and I, I don't support things of that nature. Um, you know, but, you know, Ezra has gone through court. He's, they, excuse me, are on probation. They're in rehab and they're seeking treatment for mental health, which is all that really matters there. As far as the, again, I'm sorry for the, the, um, the words that can maybe trigger 
here, but as far as the grooming, uh, the kidnapping, the whatever nonsense that, you know, some people made up, that's just that. It's nonsense. It's made up. If any of that stuff was true whatsoever, Ezra would not be a free person. You know, Ezra would be in jail if he if they kidnapped somebody or if they were grooming somebody and all that stuff. They would have been, there would be something there. You know, there'd be something going on there. There's absolutely nothing going on there because it ended up being nothing. Um, the other thing that ended up being something, the, the breaking and entering into somebody's house while under the influence, that ended up being something, they have paid their fine. They're on probation. They've done what they need to do to make up for that. And, you know, again, I don't support what they did, but the good thing is they're doing what they need to do to get better. And that's what people need to pay attention to. And they need to stop attacking because mental health is not something to be used as a weapon. It's not a reason to attack anybody and it needs understanding. And that's the, that's the problem in the world is people don't understand mental health. And that's why so many people are scared to talk about their feelings and what there's going on in their head and what they're worried about and all that stuff. So yes, I love Ezra Miller and I will continue to love Ezra Miller unless I have an actual reason not to support Ezra. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., did a lot of bad stuff when he back in the day with alcohol and drugs and stuff and all that and people love him to death now so you know it's 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 insane to me you know it's it's insane to me how some people pick and choose what they want to support and all that but you know i i so happy ezra is still in the film and i'm glad ezra wasn't cut out the trailer because ezra whether you like them or not is a very good actor. Ezra is a really good actor. I know people are connected to Grant with the Flash and all that stuff. Whatever. I get it. We all have our characters. You know, for me, my Batman will always be Michael Keaton. I'll talk about that in a moment. But Ezra is a really good actor. And I'm not the only person who says that. There's a lot of people in the world who agree with that. I was watching a show today. I was watching Black Man Beyond today. And the lead singer of Living Color, the band, rock band, was on there. And he... He talked about the best part, and I agree with him, the best part of the Fantastic Beast films were Ezra's performance, because Ezra's anger and his his passion and everything that you could see in that character and what they were portraying in the role is what sells so much of the Fantastic Beast. And it's the same thing with what we're going into with The Flash. The story is very focused on Ezra, one, trying to save his mom from being, because in the timeline his mom's you know killed. Uh, he's trying to save his mom. He's trying to cope. He's trying to deal all that stuff. So Barry and all that stuff is very important. <laughs> Crazy to think about of the Flash story. And Ezra's performance is going to drive a lot of that. And you can already see it in the trailer. Ezra is driving the, the the heart, the passion, and the comedy in the trailer. So yeah, I love Ezra Miller. Don't care. Um, let's see. But other than that, man, the, the trailer introduced stuff to what we're going to do. They're definitely, you know, Flashpoint was inspired. They're not fully following Flashpoint, but Flashpoint is inspired here. Uh, Superman's been replaced with Supergirl, which, oh my God, Sasha Cali as Supergirl is freaking amazing. So awesome. Everything I saw of her in that trailer is great. Again, Melissa did a fantastic job as Supergirl on the show. Um, and I can't wait to see what Sasha brings to this role. One of my favorite things I ever saw was Andy Machete, who is uh, the director of the film, uh, shared a, a video a while back when he did a Zoom call uh, in the early stages of the filming for the film. And it was a Zoom call with Sasha, and he showed her the suit and told her she was going to be Supergirl. And her reaction just makes me tear up every time. And now people have taken that video, and they're adding in the clips of her as Supergirl in there. And it's just, oh, so, 
so heartwarming and absolutely love it. She is going to be incredible from everything I've seen in that trailer. I can't wait to see the full performance. All right, and one more thing before we get to the Batman. Zod is in the trailer. We see Zod. Uh, we've, we've heard the rumors about that. And, of course, again, since the Flash is going to be messing with the timelines, that's how these characters can come in here. And Zod is one of those characters that will be back. And looks like a battle is going to be happening there with Zod. Now, let's get to the Batman of the trailer. There's two, the Batman of the trailer. Uh, first thing we see, the first one we see is Ben Affleck back as Bruce Wayne. Uh, that was the rumor for a while that he would only be Bruce Wayne in the trailer or in the Flash film. That is, of course, wrong because the internet is wrong about a lot of stuff. And uh, we will be seeing Batfleck uh, in there as well. We saw some scenes of him in the trailer, which, by the way, I don't know if anybody else has got this. Maybe you have... Um, and I don't know if it's the lighting of the trailer or what, but it looks very much... He does have a new suit, but it looks very much like he's wearing the blue and gray Batman outfit, which, if he is, freaking awesome. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get too many people hyped up or anything, but that's what it looks like when I watch that trailer. And I've seen that trailer many, many times. <laughs> Let's be honest, I've watched it many times. I will keep watching the trailer until the movie comes close, and I plan on seeing this movie... So many times, theaters. I may see it every single week. Don't test me. I may see it multiple times every week because that's how passionate I am about this freaking movie. But I think he's wearing the blue and gray suit, and that's so freaking cool because that's classic Batman. We haven't really seen the blue and gray suit at all, right? Like, I mean, Adam West, but since 89 with Keaton's Batman, it's always been like the black suit, right? So, yeah. Blue, <laughs> and if it's Affleck that's wearing it, so that's cool. We've seen him on the Bat Cycle. We see, um, uh, we've seen the Flying Fox in there as well. So we're gonna see some good action scenes there with Ben Affleck's Batman. But the main Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman, the main Batman for me. Uh, we saw the teaser a while ago at DC Fandom of just uh, the Bat Cave, and then we heard the voice, and we just saw the back of the cow and all that stuff. And then finally, we get to see. Michael Keaton as Batman in this trailer, and it is freaking so awesome. As soon as he shows up and walks up there, he's got that patented smirk that he has. You can hear Barry in the background saying, you're... And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then he, for, for a moment, he's like, you are. And he's like, I'm Batman. And the way that he could say it, and he's like, yes, you're damn right you are. You are Batman, man. And then all of a sudden, he jumps down and grabs one of the freaking bad guys, swoops up in the air, freaking choke slams him to hell all the way down. So freaking cool. So freaking awesome. Like, it's, and then he's throughout the trailer. Like, that Batman is throughout the trailer. There's rumors and all that stuff that, you know, Keaton's Batman was cut from the movie, or that Keaton was only going to show up at one point in the film, and that'll be it. Internet lied again, because in this trailer, you can tell that Batman is going to be, Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be in a lot of different parts throughout that movie, and it's going to be very important to the movie, and I can't freaking wait to see how this all goes down. It looks like Michael Keaton's Batman is going to be the one that helps Ezra, um, Ezra's Flash fix things here, so can't freaking wait. Um, and, and Ben Affleck looks like he's helping as well. So you can see how the two Batmans work out that way. But I can't wait to see this movie. Highly anticipated is my number one most anticipated film of the year, and it's going to stay that way. And then once I see the movie, guarantee it's probably my number one film of the year as well. Like, I cannot stress enough how excited I am for this movie. It's got all the bits and pieces I wanted to have from what I've seen so far, and I can't freaking wait to see it, man. So there you go. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the DC News. Mandatory every single episode of the Review at Rob Show. Now, first thing first, James Gunn talks, I reply with what he replies. <laughs> you know, 
So, obviously, people are still messing with him on the internet about everything going on with his new DCU. And one of the questions brought up, uh, not even a question, it was just somebody being an asshat, because, uh, I swear, man, if it's not the Joker, it's not Steppenwolf, it's not Darkseid, it's not Doomsday, it's not Harley Quinn, it's not even the Marvel fanboys, as annoying as they are. The biggest enemy or villain of the DC universe is the freaking Snyderverse fans. Cause Oh my God, can they not shut the hell up? Like they are constantly, constantly replying on something. James Gunn posts like you ruined the DC, you ruined DC, get rid of them. Fire James Gunn. James Gunn sucks. Justice for Henry Cavill. Restore the Snyderverse. Sell the Snyderverse. Blah, 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 blah. Like freaking shut up dudes. Get over it. <laughs> it's over. Get over it. Zack Snyder's moved on from it. DC has moved on from it. It's not coming back, you know, unless something miraculous happens. It's not coming back, you know. Like, get over it, dude. I guess, I know. You love the Snyderverse. Guess what? I enjoyed a lot of the Snyderverse as well. Freaking Zack Snyder's Justice League is a masterpiece. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And a lot of that, Ezra Miller, fantastic performance. But, um... It's ridiculous, and I feel so bad that James Gunn has to deal with these morons, but that is the internet, I guess. So, somebody on a post that James Gunn put, put the hashtag, sell sell the Snyderverse to Netflix. To which James Gunn, which made me love him even more with this reply that he put. Uh, <laughs> I love it so much. He replied, I have to say, this has got to be the wackest hashtag ever, end quote. Which, yes, it is the wack, one of the wackest, if not the wackest hashtags ever. Because, again... Get over it, people. Uh, then he goes on to respond to the sale by saying, One, Netflix hasn't expressed any interest, although we've discussed other stuff with him. So there's some discussion going on between James Gunn, DC Studios, and Netflix for something. And then two, Zach hasn't expressed any interest and seems to be happy doing what he's doing. And yes, we have talked. End quote. Uh, next quote, he contacted me to express his support about my choices. He's a great guy. Again, he seems to be really happy with the massive world building he's doing right now. So yeah, stop it. Cut it out. Like I commented when I saw this, I commented on, got some good traction. When I commented on this from people who agree with me here, that as soon as I saw that happen, I commented, if only the Snyderverse fans had the same morals as the God they look up to, uh, because Zack Snyder doesn't care. He's moved on. Zack Snyder doesn't care. If they end up doing something later, I'm sure he'll be into it, but he doesn't care. Affleck seems to not care. You know, I don't think anyone involved with the Snyderverse itself cares anymore about doing it. Like, let it go. Follow your God. Listen to your God. He's fine. He's happy. He's doing a new world. Go support that. Go support the army of the dead stuff he's doing. Go support the rebel moon thing he's working on. It looks good. Like, it, it all looks good. So, go support that. Put your time and focus into that, Snyderverse people. Follow your God there. Leave this nonsense that you're doing online with constantly attacking James Gunn over just trying to make a thing. Cut it out. It's ridiculous. It's beyond stupid at this point. My take. Uh, let's see. So, we go to DC Use Batman. And again, people on the internet... Seem to think they know something. Um, was, Gunn was asked on Twitter if it was true that George Clooney has been cast as Batman for the DCU. The DCU's Batman, to which James Gunn replied, absolutely not. Which, you know, I got in a thing with Zach earlier about this going back and forth. I don't want this to happen. 
is what it is. And again, I'm, I'm very annoyed about the Snyderverse stuff. I'm very annoyed how Ezra Miller keeps getting attacked. So I'm on edge about anything right now. But I, I don't have a problem with George Clooney. I know the Batman will be different from the Batman and Robin debacle we had before. I know all that. That's not my problem here. Like, if they want to do a cool little fun cameo in the Flash movie with George Clooney's Batman, by all means, do it. That's fun. Let's have some fun. Have at it. But for George Clooney to be the DCU's Batman just doesn't seem right to me. Like, in my head, it doesn't compute to where that would be any kind of a good idea. Again, nothing to do with Clooney as an actor. He's a fantastic actor. You know, he's a much better actor now than he was when he did that Batman movie back in the day. And it has nothing to do with that. You know, it's just, why would George Clooney be your Batman? I mean, if that's the case, why wouldn't you just keep Keaton? You know, why would would why would you go to Clooney? Like, it doesn't it doesn't compute. It doesn't add up to me. And you know, we're all gonna have our different opinions and thoughts on that. Some people will support it. Cool, that's fine. I'm somebody who one does not believe every single rumor that's on the internet. If I did, then I'd be very excited because Andrew Garfield has another Spider Man movie on the way. You know, but. I, I don't like this idea. I'm not a fan of this idea. If it happens, I'll support it. But I don't want it to happen, if that makes sense. Like, I don't like that idea. Because to me, if you're going to do that again, why wouldn't you keep Keaton? Why wouldn't you... You know, again, if we're going to listen to the internet, Pattinson's the Batman for the DCU. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I personally don't like it. Again, no problem with George Clooney. Good, Really good actor. No problem there. Just, I don't like that idea. Like, I really don't like that idea. And that's, you know, maybe that's me. I don't know. You know, if maybe other people will enjoy it. Let me know if you enjoy it. Like I said, Zach and I kind of got into it earlier over this. But, you know, we're both adults and we got through it. Um, but I, 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 I don't. I don't, I don't care for that idea. And I'm glad James Gunn has said no. Um, the next thing that led to another question I ended up being asked about this, does this mean we're still getting an actor who has already played Batman or we're getting a new actor altogether, which James Gunn replied, new actor, which is what I believe. I believe we're getting a new actor as Batman for the Batman Brave and the Bold story they're doing. I don't think we're getting any other old Batman showing up here. I think they're doing a new actor for Batman, just like they're doing a new actor for Superman. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman's still a question. We don't know that. Ezra, uh, they said they're, they are open to working with Ezra, but Ezra's got to go through mental health and see where things go there because that's 100 times more important. Um, uh, we don't know Sasha Kelly still playing Supergirl. We don't know anything. We don't know anything about casting like James Gunn has said. The casting doesn't happen until the story is written, and guarantee you they haven't done the Batman Brave and the Bold story writing yet, so the casting hasn't happened there yet, just like the casting hasn't happened for the Superman movie, which is supposed to be the leadoff for the DCU. So if they haven't done the casting for that yet, they sure as hell haven't done the casting for the Batman movie yet. So, gotta wait and see what happens there. Either way, it's DC, I'm gonna support it, but, you know, I'm gonna have my reservations if it's George Clooney, just throwing it out there. Again, don't hate George Clooney. Don't like the idea, though. Um, and I just mentioned a moment ago with Sasha Callie's last bit of DC talk here. Uh, James Gunn was asked in a press conference whether Sasha Callie would be uh, playing the character of Supergirl in the rebooted uh, franchise, well, the rebooted universe, I guess, uh, saying, quote, we're figuring it all out. We don't know yet. We're pretty far away from Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which kind of goes back to what I just said. They're still working everything out. They don't do casting until... Uh, the script is done writing, uh, what the script is done and all that stuff. So you have to wait and see, but I 
from what I saw in that trailer, I hope Sasha Kelly is Supergirl. Ooh, a lot of talking there, man. Hope, hope, hope you enjoyed that. And, you know, it's voice of my opinions, but again, I'm not afraid to talk about the things I feel passionate about, and I feel passionate about a lot of stuff I just talked about right there. <laughs> so, uh, let's go ahead and move from DC into the horror realm. First thing to talk about here, director Kevin, I suck with names, uh, Kevin Gurit, Gutard, Gutard, I don't know, uh, took to social media to celebrate the wrapping of production on Saw X. Uh, said, I hope we can use the title Saw X because this chapter really gets back to the roots of what makes Saw so special to me and everyone else who loves the John Kramer saga. <sighs> you know, I I did a show, you can check it out on our Patreon, uh, Nightmare on Review at Street, where I look at horror franchises and, you know, give my thoughts on all the films. And then season two of that show was Saw. Called it Saw Games for fun. And God, you know, a lot of those Saw movies are rough, especially the later ones. So, you know, you're kind of left with this taste with the Saw films, like, I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'll see it, of course, and, you know, kind of feel the same way about Scream. Like, I'll see it, but you've left me with this taste in my mouth where I'm like, I don't know how I'm feeling going into it. Like, I'll obviously see it, but I don't know what I'm thinking going in. Uh, the tenth saw. It's good to know they're getting back to the roots. The last saw movie we had was Jigsaw. Spiral. Spiral was the last movie we had, which I don't think was horrible, but it wasn't great either. Uh, definitely better than some of the other saw movies. But so them getting back to the John Kramer saga is fine. Um, I think I saw something where um, Amanda's back in it. What's her name? Uh, Shawnee Smith. It's gonna have some kind of role in the movie as well. So. Gotta wait and see what they're doing with it, but a lot of horror movies returning this year, right? We've got Saw, we've got Scream, we've got um, The Exorcist returning. I think season three of Chucky's happening this year. So, I mean, yeah, we'll have to see what's happening and see how all these things go, but uh, I, of course, I'll give you my thoughts on Saw and uh, Scream when they happen, but, uh, you know, it's October. Just like just like clockwork, if it's October, there's a Saw movie coming. And they're releasing another one this October, man. So we'll see how that all ends up going. Now, let's see. Emma Roberts and Larry Fishburne. They have signed on for the science fiction thriller The Astronaut. Uh, it's Lawrence Fishburne, but I will forever call him Larry Fishburne after seeing his name that way for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. Because I remember seeing that name, I'm like, Larry Fishburne. Like, really? Can it be? And then he showed up on screen like, freaking Lawrence Fishburne, man. It's Larry Fishburne, so I'm going to call him Larry Fishburne. Uh, so the film is called The Astronaut Science Fiction Thriller. Uh, Roberts will be playing an astronaut by the name of Sam Walker, who is found miraculous, miraculously alive in a punctured capsule floating deep off the coast of the Atlantic Ocean. General William Harris, who will be played by Fishburne, arranges for her to be placed under intense NASA surveillance in a high-security House for Rehabilitation and Medical Testing. When disturbing occurrences begin happening around the property, Walker fears something extraterrestrial has followed her back to Earth. That sounds really good. I am an Emma Roberts fan. She is one of my favorite actresses. Lawrence Fishburne, fantastic actor. Talked about him um, being awesome and Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, you can check that out on the Throwing Podcast Network's YouTube as well. Uh, the Boys. The Haunters Podcast boys, uh, Zach and Wonderful and myself, got together to talk about the Ant-Man movies leading up to the Ant-Man movies releasing this week. Uh, be sure to follow us there because we'll be doing a spoiler review, uh, a review, and then maybe a spoiler review after 
because we're all seeing it this Thursday, I want to say. Um, and we're going to do that. I'll give my instant reaction after I come out of the theater like I tend to do. I did that with Megan. I'm going to try to do that every time I come out of the movies. We'll get my instant reaction and then follow that up on the Throw Me Podcast Network YouTube. Uh, three of us can get back together and talk about it. Um, why did I just start talking about that? <laughs> why? How did I? That's this show. That is this show. I will freaking. That's why I do the Let's Get Twisted thing. I will talk about something and just lose myself. I have no idea why I just started talking about that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Last bit of thing here. Not a big Vin Diesel fan. Oh, because Lawrence Fishburne was an ant. Got it. Okay. I'm not a big Vin Diesel fan, but this is news that I think people would be interested in. Uh, he and David Toy, 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 I suck with names, are teaming up for, yet again for the fourth time for a Riddick film. Uh, that is the sci-fi franchise. Um, I haven't seen a single one, so I can't tell you what I think about that. Um, because again, I haven't seen a single one of those damn movies. But, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen a trailer, I think, and they seem interesting, but again, not the biggest Vin Diesel fan in the world, so I haven't really searched those movies out. Let me know if I should check them out. All right, so that's going to do it for the horror talk. Let's jump into other news and uh, some Disney stuff to kick it off here. Bob Iger, who's back in charge of things over there at Disney, thank goodness, hopefully he can fix the problems they're having, uh, has announced sequels to Toy Story, Frozen, and Zootopia. Okay, so let's get two of these out of the way real quick. Zootopia, haven't seen that movie. It getting a sequel, not surprised. A lot of people kind of talked about that movie. Haven't seen it. Don't know what to expect with the sequel. Frozen, saw the first movie. It's all right. Haven't seen the second movie. Have no interest in seeing the third movie. But, of course, Frozen 2 made like over a billion dollars. So, of course, they're going to make another one of those. Toy Story is the topic here for me. Because there's a lot of nostalgia with me and Toy Story. I was growing up, like, very young. I was very little when that movie came out. The first movie. And so it's just, like, ingrained in me. Like, that's just something I remember. Like, you know, so... You know, anytime toy something Toy Story related happens, I'm like, oh, fit a little fuzzies in my heart about. And then, of course, they did two, three is where they should have stopped. Um, perfect ending. Still makes me tear up anytime I see that movie. Perfect ending. Uh, then they went ahead and did two, uh, Toy Story 4, which I don't remember a dang thing about. I think maybe Bo Peep was important in that one. And there's that stupid ass, annoying ass spork. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> you know, but Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4 both made over a billion dollars, and this is Disney, so obviously they want that money. So, of course, they're making another Toy Story movie. They probably want a better taste in their mouth left after Lightyear didn't do too well. Which, by the way, I was in Target recently, and I was walking through the toy section, as you do, and I saw a Buzz Lightyear. I was like, cool, Buzz Lightyear, I'm going to go push the button because to hear it talk and all that stuff. And I heard it talk, and the voice that came back to me was not Tim Allen, it was Chris Evans. And that's when I realized, oh, that's the Lightyear Buzz Lightyear. Like, it never cropped in my mind whatsoever when I saw Buzz Lightyear that it wasn't Tim Allen. And I think that's what's a problem a lot of people have with that Lightyear movie. And I know it's not it's the astronaut. It's Lightyear is the astronaut that the toy's based off of. I know all that. But a lot of people, and I feel the same way, if it's not Tim Allen, I'm not interested. You know, it's kind of like I am with, like, a rock band, Skid Row. If Sebastian Bach's not singing for that band, I'm not interested, you know? So it's kind of that same aspect there. So <laughs> when I did that, I'm like, ah, I don't like that. So I think it's, I'm happy to see Tim Allen will be back. Um, 
It's already announced that Tim Allen will be back. Him and Tom Hanks teaming up again. That's cool. And I'm going to see it. Like, I'll absolutely see that. Because, again, it's a part of the nostalgia pool with me. I will, I will see it. But, I, you know, does it need to happen? No. But, obviously, we know why it's happening. It's a money pool. And it's Disney. Disney likes money. A lot of people like money. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. So, of course, it's going to happen. Whether it's good or not, who knows? Again, I don't remember much about Toy Story 4. And I know I saw it. And Michael Keaton's in there, right? Voices Evil Knievel or something like that. I remember little bits of stuff. Or Ken. The Ken doll? Both? No, Keanu Reeves is... I don't know. I don't know and I don't care. Alright, gonna go over some stuff that uh, broke today with Kevin Feige. Uh, he's the guy in charge of the MCU. He did some uh, talking with the Entertainment Weekly. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna try to skim over this. Uh, let's see. So, one of the first questions was asking, let's start with Ant-Man. Why was Quantum Mania the right film to kick off Phase 5? And introducing King the Conqueror. Uh, Kevin Foggy said he wanted to kick off Phase 5 with a team of heroes that we already knew. So, of course, we already know the Ant-Man film. I uh, want to spend the majority of the time in qu the Quantum Realm, which makes sense because Part 2 is mostly setting up the Quantum Realm. Um, let's see. Various. Let's see. This is the place we want to know. Making the early films. We saw the visuals of Quantum Realm. I see that back there. That's a city. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, what does this have to do with King the Conqueror? Uh, for years, we've always wanted to have the inkling that Kang would be an amazing follow-up to Thanos. Uh, he's got that equal stature in the comics, but he's a completely different villain. Mainly, that's because he's multiple villains. He's so unique from Thanos. So, something to look forward to, to see the difference from, from uh, Kang and all that. Uh, said so we really go in all the ideas in this casting. It's been a big relief when the season ender of Loki season one happened. People really seem to be on board with Kang. People chanting Kang when uh, Jonathan goes on talk shows, all that good stuff. So there you go. And Jonathan Majors seems like a fantastic actor. And he's going to have a pretty good year between that and Creed 3. So there you go. Um, let's see. Another thing he said here is not every film in the Infinity Saga focused on the Infinity Stones or Thanos, and it'll be the same across Phase 5 and 6 with Kang, but we're gearing up. People will get a taste of this in a big way in Quantum, Quantum Mania, and we lead to Avengers Secret Wars, which I'm extremely excited about. Uh, that's what he said. I'm casually excited about. Um, let's see. Phase 4 was a traditional era. Several of the original cast members left. After Endgame, you introduced a whole new group of heroes. You started to embrace television, launching multiple shows on Disney+. Plus. What are some of the learnings or takeaways from those projects? Uh, and he kind of talked about the importance of how all that worked out and hopes people go back and watch the shows after seeing movies like Marvel's uh, going back and watch the Camilla Khan show. But he did say uh, people will see that as we get further into Phase 5 and 6, the pace at which we're putting out the Disney Plus shows will change so that it can each get a chance to shine. Uh, asked about that, he says, with the pace change, do you mean spacing them out or putting out fewer shows a year? Which he said both of those will happen. Uh, next question, curious about big introductions in Phase 4 was Mutants with Namor and Kamala Khan. Uh, and what can you tell us about how mutants and the X-Men may or may not play into the future? And, you know, he doesn't really give us an answer about when to expect the X-Men and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, he was asked again, I uh, think about the mutants again, especially because you started your superhero career producing X-Men movies. It's like, it's amazing thinking about this. We've got Hugh Jackman coming back uh, for our first Deadpool film within the MCU. That's our first R-rated film. To have Hugh come back is incredible. Uh, for me personally, that's where I, where I started. I remember sitting behind the camera, well, behind the camera at his audition for the film, yada, 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 yada. 
it's unbelievable. It's come to 23 years full circle having him come back for the new Deadpool film. So, you know, not much to really talk about the mutants there. He's still teasing us with the mutants. Ooh, James Gunn talk. You know, I like talking about James Gunn. Uh, so <laughs> the question was, you also got Guardians coming up, and James Gunn just took the DC Studios job. He tweeted, you spoke. What was that conversation like? Uh, Kevin Foggy said, it's not dissimilar to when we talked about him doing the Suicide Squad. I said, that awesome. that's awesome. Can't wait to see it. I've never been shy about loving those characters. I had Superman posters all over my walls in my children's in my childhood bedroom. Went to work for the Donners, Richard Donner. Uh, Lauren Donner because of Superman the notion of those characters being in such good hands with James is exciting and it's very cool after he finishes Guardians of the Galaxy 3 of course so again supporting each other I don't know why fan bases can't do that but whatever and you can read all of this on uh, Entertainment Weekly it's an Entertainment Weekly story that I'm reading off of here so my Captain America talk and uh, Harrison Ford talk, he says, uh, Harrison Ford, of course, being Thunderbolt Ross, he's the president of the United States in the film. And with Harrison, you think about Air Force One, and you think about some of his confrontations with the president in clear and present danger. There's a dynamic between President Ross and Sam Wilson. They have a history together, but in this film, we'll be seeing the dynamic between Captain America and the president of the United States in a way that's just incredible. Uh, this has been a dream for years. Ever since John Favreau cast Harrison Ford in Cowboys and Aliens, I've always been very jealous of that so i've been finally have him in the mcu is just incredible asked about how blade's going he says it's going well the director is currently in atlanta right now cameras roll in the next 10 weeks or so so looks like blade might be finally getting something going there uh, any updates on the next time we'll be seeing peter parker foggy said all i will say is that we have a story we have big ideas for that and our writers are just putting pen to paper now and I'll leave it there. There's some other stuff there that you can check out again. That's Entertainment Weekly's story. So you can go ahead and check that out over there uh, if you want to read the whole article and get all the questions and answers there. Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, world talk here. Spider-Man Noir is getting a live-action series over at Amazon? Really? Fuck. All right. Uh, this is the second project on from Sony's Spider-Man Marvel character thing over at Amazon and MGM with the previously announced Silk Spider Society. No idea if Nicolas Cage is going to be the live-action Spider-Man Noir. He did play the voice for the Spider-Verse film. Um, we'll, see, we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. And a sequel to Plane has already been announced, and it is titled Ship. <laughs> uh, Ship will pick up uh, where the storyline left off from Plane. Wow, okay. <laughs> More power to him. I didn't see that movie. I have a friend who saw it. He said it was all right. I mean, I guess they couldn't add it in. Has fallen at the end. If you get it, you get it. But there you go, man. That's all the news for this episode. All right. So if that was the end of the news, that should end up the episode here, man. I mean, the last thing to kind of talk about here, Steven Spielberg uh, said he rejected directing one of the Harry Potter films. Uh, he was asked to direct Harry Potter. Uh, he turned it down to spend time with his family, which is admirable. I mean, to think about my favorite director directing... The Wizarding World is awesome, and maybe one day, maybe it happens. Who knows? But uh, I understand why he turned that down. But that was another thing that broke today. Just trying to clean up some areas here. But, yeah, man, that's going to do it for this show. Three things I reviewed there. A lot of DC news, a lot of James Gunn talk. Um, a lot of uh, horror news, other news, fun stuff, man. And, again, three years. Celebrating three years of the Review at Rob show. We're entering into the third year, and I'm so excited about this show and love doing this show and I appreciate anybody who's taken any amount of time to listen to me ramble on with the show I appreciate you I thank you um, please continue to support the show and share with uh, whoever you want to share it with you know 
share. I, you know, I don't know how to you know, just share. <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, I appreciate you taking the time uh, supporting this show. Please support the Throw Me Podcast Network as we're going to be celebrating a year soon. Uh, so crazy to think about, and um, just excited, man. Excited for things to come and the adventure. And I'm happy that the third year is here and just going to keep going and you know having fun with the show. So as always, appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the show. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. One remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you all next episode.